happy evening to you, my friend. Oh, thank God you're here. It's so fucking boring. I'm so sick of this fucking COVID-19. I mean, God bless us. We're all fine. But Jesus Christ, it's fucking boring. Indeed. If it went any slow, it would be going backwards. What's the opposite of monotony? Polytony? What's, what's, mono means one. Poly, what, what else means, means more than one? Like polygon is more than one. Mono, mono and mono, man. I mean, you know, it's Poly- you and me, but Polytony. Mono, Ooh, this, this, this mono. podcast is so interesting. It's polytonous. Uh-huh. There's so many tones to it. Because monotone is like, it's just one tone is boring, blah, blah, blah. But more than one tone this, is. This, we can it, sound like a weatherman. Indeed. There how, is some big news today on the West Coast. And how as about the East Coast? News, there are some people in the administration holding onto their hats, and some would say their hair is on fire, bringing us the latest from the West Coast, experiencing this amazing turn of events, is Eric, the proud producer of the famous Happy Hour podcast with Eric and Dennis. Eric, how are you tonight, and how is your family? I am feeling I am feeling veritably polytonous tonight with my family, and the administration that of which you speak is also very poly bullshitic. That there's just all things coming and going every which way, and it's uh, well, very uh, troubling. Let me, let me interrupt you there uh, because I don't know where you might go with that, but let me ask you this: your recent book, The Trump Era, and how I got fucked with never feeling it. The newsstands and give me a brief summary for our West Coast listeners before we have to move on to our next guest. Well, to be honest, I'm not really sure exactly when or where I got fucked, but I can guarantee you that I did get fucked, and it—I did not feel it. So it's not good. I don't know how that's how that's possible. That and, is the title uh, of my book, as you as you read out to the audience, how I got fucked, and I didn't even notice or whatever it was. No, oddly, uh, well, that's it from the West Coast, from Eric, the author, and if I may say, a wonderful pundit on the state of affairs in America. Thank you, Eric. And now this. Just before we started recording, I watched and then sent you a YouTube video of uh, Black Jeopardy on, on, on Saturday Night Live. There are, apparently there are several different skits of black jeopardy this was the second one that i saw but tom hanks just fucking nailed it he he was he embodied the dumb hick trump voter but in a way that made the point that that the poor white mm, voter has so much in common with the poor black voter and it was just like the whole the whole thing was was so which, what a what a clever conceit. That's what I want yes, to say. Yes, and Will Ferrell is the no. host. No, no, it no, wasn't no. Him, it was, uh, who was Will it? Ferrell is norm is normally the host of, of Jeopardy, but this was oh the African American uh, the other guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you get his name quick. Uh, yeah, he's delightful. The host was Keenan Thompson, who has been on SNL now for many, many, many years. He's 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 often employed as the token black guy, unfortunately, but. It's he, he he fucking nails it. He does. He does. He's doing Steve Garvey. Yes. Kind of a Steve Garvey. Steve Garvey's funnier than hell. Right. Jesus, he's funny. Yeah. So the the other clip you sent me was of people saying good morning to Captain Kangaroo and saying that in my generation, apparently, that I would know these most of these people. And in fact, I didn't, which makes me wonder how old I was when that was dated. 
and I'm sure there are all these different dates over years, but right. Captain Kangaroo, I wonder what the range of dates that it was that it ran. Ch- check that out because I can tell you how old I was when it started or, or when it was in its zenith at any rate. Yeah, so, wow. First of all, guess how many episodes? Uh, 96. Total episodes. Over 29 seasons. Oh, my God. 6,090 uh, episodes. Oh, my God. So here we are on episode 71 of yeah, this is how many? Are 6,090 episodes. <laughs> 29, 29 years. How old will I be in 29 years? Let's see. Just call it 30. Oh, yeah. 95. Yeah. Well, <laughs> welcome back to Happy Hour. Welcome back to Mildly and Mildly, Mildly Pleased Hour. Welcome back to Dennis Takes His Medication. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't say... From when to when. So, it doesn't say... Bill Cosby was on the show. Bad. It's got to have the years it was on. That should be immediate. Oh, oh yeah. All right. It was Captain Kangaroo was an American children's television series that aired weekday mornings on American television network and CBS for 29 years from 1955 to 1984. Okay. So check this. The first time it aired, I was two years old and we didn't have a television set. Oh, I didn't see that, that, that season black and white, small little sets. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was probably five, I recall, that we got a television set. So that would have meant they were in their third season. So many of the, and so if I was five, and you think of the ages five through nine, five through eight maybe, where I wouldn't necessarily remember or know who these people were, that could that could account for a good number of the ones you showed me. You weren't watching, well, the ones, I, the, the ones in the video were from, were in color. That, little, yeah, that's they something. felt well, very they felt they felt very seventies. Did they? So you weren't sixties, seventies. Yeah, so you weren't watching Captain Kangaroo when you're when you were twenty five, very much. I imagine. Right. 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 But that doesn't that doesn't really answer the central question. Right. Of who are these people? Right. I don't need to watch Captain Kangaroo to know who they are. Right. Because, I got to know who they are on site. Some of whom I did know. Yeah, there was like Bob Newhart and yeah, right. folks like that. But right, 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 right. Other people that I guess were like maybe. Olympic athletes or something, someone that had been in the news that month or right. whatever. Who knows? Right, right. Anyway, this is good audio content. We will link to that silly little video in the show notes at happyhour.fm well, slash 071. Those were simpler times. I remember the uh, introduction of the Twilight Zone, which was in black and white. Well, simpler times because you were a child. Pardon? They were simpler times because you were younger. Well, you mean that they actually weren't simpler than things are now? In, I believe that objectively they were, actually. Yeah, see, this is... The 1950s was an amazing time of prosperity and uh, right. calm, government calm. Right, for white people. For years, for years. Middle class growing, mm-hmm. car in every driveway. I mean, you know, for the middle class, but... Middle class uh, white people. Things are a little, yes, yes. Things are a little fucked up right now, comparatively. I, when we say it's one of the most remarkable times in our history, that almost defines the fact that it yeah, was I mean, a simpler time when I was a child. Not we, because I was a child, but because, in fact, it was a simpler I think most people think that when they were a child, it was a simpler time. And I think most of people think that because they were a child and they weren't having to go to a job and buy groceries and make dinner and pay the mortgage and pay taxes and stuff like that. So I that's, think that that's, that's a very not, common... But that, that defines somewhere in your brain uh, a level of, of engagement 
that is out is is simply what has to happen, regardless of the environment. Right. Exactly. And the political and uh, the the world political scene and all that's happened since the 1950s means that all those people that thought it was simpler times, even though they not not to say simple times, but simpler. Not just simple, because it's never simple, but simpler meaning simpler than today. The reason that most people say that is because it's true. It's true. Well, most people that say that aren't referencing data. They're referencing feelings. And there's this sort of sort of rose-colored glasses uh, paradox of looking back. This is a thing that the that your all the Fox News people are like, oh, we, why can't we go back to when America was great back in the old days when everything was all good? And what they mean is all good for the middle, upper class white people that weren't yeah. being challenged in their status as, you know, being advantaged over others. Like, I don't know, there's this, there's certainly a very common thing where, like, and if, if you look back, if you look back at writings of people over the over the years, they all have this idea that, oh, things were so much simpler when I was a child. And I think maybe there, there, for sure there is some data and for sure right. things have gotten worse right. and, and better and so. worse and better. And, but I, but I think that we all have this tendency to think that, oh, things were nicer back when I was a kid. Let me, let me, let me, let me ask a question then. That's quite a, it's quite an interesting uh, thesis. Yes. Call it a thesis. So you've seen the movie gangs in New York, Martin Scorsese, I've seen Daniel some Day of Lewis. it. Yeah, I don't think I've seen all of it. All right. Well, it, then you're familiar with the with the crushing reality of depraved existence yeah. in New York City during the entire 20 year range. I tell you this: that the people look back when they were a child during that age would not say it was simpler then. Yes, sure. They would say, and for every generation for some number of generations, depending on the Great Depression or the World Wars or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Then that starts to ebb away at the idea that the, the veil of rose-colored rose -colored veil, if you will, which I'm familiar with, you remember the good times, not the bad, and mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're putting stardust on the memories, and you just assume because you're looking to comfort yourself, and so you just kind of go there. It's a better place to be anyway. I understand all that, but then environmentally, right? And you say data, it's not just, it's certainly data, quantitative and qualitative data, meaning you can look at measurements of, well, was, was it simpler in terms of health? Was it simpler in terms of jobs? You know, what was the unemployment rate? Was it simpler instead of housing? What was the number of, you know, of housing starts that were necessary for the general population? Boom, 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 data-driven, but also qualitative, mm -hmm. which is what was it like to go to school? What, and what was the... The, and what was the status of the churches and the, the neighborhood groups and, and whatever. What By any measures of societal organization, this can be data-informed and can be qualitative. You know, what was the general feeling of the public? For example, what percentage of the people that year generally liked the direction that the country was going? And if that percentage is compared to this percentage this year, for example, that would be an interesting data point. It's, that's a, a quantitative, it's quantitative. But it's also about a quali about a judgment, about a mm -hmm. personal opinion. Yep. So it's a quantification of a qualitative question. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Well, whatever the whatever the fuck that means, you know. It's so, like we're, but, quanti but. we're quantifying the qualities, man. Yo, baby. Well, how many? You know, you know. The real question is, how many of the, how many of the shit you had was good? Are you, what are you drinking? What are you sipping on? 
Looks Sipping like on the future, bro. Looks like a shot of whiskey in Sipping your head. On the future. Are you familiar that with future. the um? The future. Are you familiar with the work of uh, Steven Pinker, who has Steven Pinker in his work about the future. He's even he, he's he's even Pinker than the other Stevens. Is Pinker a thinker or does he just tinker? He does all the things. No, but I heard he was nervous. He's got a problem with his sphincter. Stephen Stephen Spinkter, the thinker pinker, pinker thinker, and when he closes one eye, no, he <laughs> he no, he wrote this book almost ten years ago uh, now called Better Angels of Our Nature, where he looked he went and looked at quantitatively how peaceful the world is in general, and using back, a certain set of criteria, using I guess a violent death, I guess is a metric you could use how many people war. die violently not necessarily war, war but die violently in a crime war everything and I've, I've not read it but i've heard several interviews with him and he came out with the pretty clear result that the world is safer now than it's ever been in the past like we there's so much more peace now than there ever was and which goes totally against what you would think if you watched like the news every day because the news is in the business of scaring you into thinking that, you know, what you don't know about escalators might kill you. And, you know, shit like that. You know, f f watch us at 11 so you can sit through all of our ads that we have. And so, but like it's, which is arguing on behalf, on your behalf against what I was saying before is that, yes, the, well, no, no, I'm sorry. Yes. It's arguing right. on my behalf that, that the world is actually better now than it was, than it was before. Like you have this idea that it was better in the in the in the fifties. I didn't but say I never used the word better, not one time. You said uh, the word was simpler. 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 No other word than simpler, which isn't about better at all. So maybe you're misunderstanding a bit of the uh, entire predicate of the conversation. So we replay and delete the last several minutes. I don't speak English. So it's not to embarrass you. Simpler. It would, I, I'm pretty we simple. We were talking about better, bro. We're talking about simpler. There's a um, difference. It's either simple or complicated. Otherwise, you're talking about good or bad. Good or bad seems to me to be more of a judgment, almost a moral, ethical, kind of heartfelt, emotional thing. Where what I'm talking about is either it's either listen, it's either simpler or it's more complicated. You've missed you've missed your point, old man. I, I have to tell you. I have to go I mean, back to for sure. Forward. For sure, in a world where you know all the races are segregated, that's more simple. Because there are clear lines drawn, but uh, better it is not. So yes, like now yes, we're yes, going through yes, a yes. complicated time. In the 50s, things were simpler because everyone had their place defined by society. And now we are trying to break those norms, and it does make an omelet out of our eggs, so to speak. It does. And we'll be careful not to put all the eggs in one basket, eh? Well, you, you drop them, you're going to make an omelet, man. You know what? Well, it's the thing. You don't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. It's true. True. And you don't make a basket if you don't got no eggs. If by eggs you mean testicles, I agree. I think that's what you mean. That is the Spanish hanging. slang. You're going to stop making up slang. <laughs> you could do that. We could charge. Copyright the words. And, and then we could talk like slang blade. Oh, yeah. Let's see, I gotta remember that. I never hurt nobody. No, that's, that's near it. nearby, but I don't know something about you know, put, putting the the bottom tooth out in front and talking like uh, whatever. Yes, I met him. I met him, and I never. I met him, and I. I met him, and I never took the hair in his head. 
I had to take that blade off. I can't remember. I'd have to listen he, to it. He was a, he, like yeah. he, he murdered a bunch of people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I heard okay. it, spoilers. One second, I could I could completely imitate it. Find it and put it in the chat box, and and, and we'll we'll give our listeners a thrill. And no one had ever heard of Billy Bob Thornton before. No, that's that. not exactly true. He wasn't well known. Billy I'm Bob speaking, Thornton had a number of smaller. I'm generalizing uh, myself into the entire population. I'm saying no one had heard of him. <laughs> you sound like Donald Trump. You know, until I started talking about it, people didn't know that Lincoln was a Republican. Exactly. What the fuck? What are you saying? No, so who's, you, did you? Who's everybody? You mean? Did you know about Billy? Do you know about Billy Bob? Before yeah. that? Yeah, Sling Blade. Oh dear. Well, and then, yeah, that and then was to a think, powerful movie. And then to think, powerful, the, 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 like, if you had told anyone the star of that movie is going to marry Angelina Jolie, it would just be like, what? Because he, he's or, not. Or if you added to it for a time. Well, yeah. I mean, celebrity marriages over a time, but, but yeah, it's, or that the same woman would marry him and Brad Pitt. Like that's even, you can leave her, leave her identity out of it. Uh, Brad Pitt is in the news because his hygiene issues are raising some eyebrows. It became clear after an interview with a magazine just last week that Brad Pitt forgoes showers for using baby wipes instead to clean his entire body. It's not quite clear whether his aversion to water has been since his childhood, but we know this. This happened before COVID nineteen. Over to you, Eric. Well, does he clean his does he clean his armpits with that? Is that why they call he him that? He cleans his Brad Pitt. You always gotta clean your Brad Pitt. It gets all stanky. We've talked about Jerry Lewis who never wore the same pair of socks more than once. We have. After he had enough money to buy 365 pairs of socks a year. He did that for 30 years. You're looking at 10,000 pairs of socks, which he gave to charity. You know, hey, and these that kids should would be... say, I'm wearing somebody else's fucking socks. Somebody else wore those. Yeah, but just one day. That should be our, our Patreon goal, to get enough people to go to patreon.com slash happy hour to buy us a sock a day, daily What's socks. What's a pair of socks cost? Actually, they're not cheap anymore. I, mean, I, bought, you, I bought a pack of five socks the other day, I think, for $20. Shit. So $4 a day, we need... That, let's that, just round it up. Let's just round it up to 10 10 for the both of us or 10 10 for each of us each day. Those are some so nice socks. The first thing, and then another 10 then another 10 So if, you, if we did that, here's yep. a question for you. Here's a question. How long would it take us, with that progression of 10 to 10, to hit a million dollars? Well, that's seven. I'm surprised you can't figure this out in your head. That's seven hundred and thirty dollars per year for the two of us. That's our that's our Patreon goal. No, ten, and then ten more. So the second day is twenty, and then ten more. The third day is thirty, and then ten more. The fourth day is forty. Yeah, I understand. So how long you do understand? Then why do you say seven hundred thirty dollars? I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, well, so and I wonder because look, I look, look, maybe look, the question is a million. Be dense. So a million <laughs> divided by ten. It's oh, because huh? so why do you that think math. that math is important? You need well, a, that's, you need a formula. That's how many day. That's how many. That's how much money we need. No, no that's how many times Here's we need ten dollars to get to a million. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, what's the question? <laughs> I forgot. Is I was this, just trying to. Is this the left foot the or the right foot? I don't, I don't know. We got off on the wrong foot on this sock story. Oh, pulling a Daniel Day Lewis on me, eh? I didn't mean to pull any Daniels, but 
whatever. My left foot. Or your right oh. foot. You have two left feet. I've seen you dance. So. Oh, how we danced on the night we were wed. And we danced and we pranced. Then we lanced. The boil was too big to ignore. So we danced and we danced that big boil. On my arse. That's just fantastic. It's this fucking is... disgusting. Yes. Let's not be Lansing Boils. Dennis. Yes, yes sir. We referenced last... What? Tell me what. Last there's episode. Some, there's somebody sitting behind me who wasn't there a minute ago. It's a listener. I think it's our listener who's not really listening. On the air, he's listening in person. They're probably driving a car or something. So... <laughs> Let's make sure they turn up the volume really loud. So then when we come back, we can talk. Oh, how we danced tonight. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So last time we talked and you mentioned a movie. Which movie? Exactly. That's what I wrote to you. I, I sent you an email and oh, I said, oh, I I'm pretty you. sure was, uh, you said. Manchester by the Sea. I wrote you back. Yeah, yeah. I, I said, I'm pretty sure you told me I should watch a movie, but I can't remember what the hell it was. And you said Manchester by the Sea. I knew nothing about this movie. Except for what we talked about. Yeah, except from that, it's from that last episode. From that it earned, yeah. That's assuming that I remember any of that. No, that it earned uh, Casey Affleck and Oscar. I mean, you haven't edited it yet because you haven't been re-familiarized with it. You right. are a couple of weeks behind, but I yeah. don't know why I pay you the big bucks. I just you just never quite uh, up to speed. Yeah, that's all right. That's so, all right. The, but it it was not about Manchester United playing a game on the beach. I did not know that there was a town in. Massachusetts named Manchester, but I watched it all last night, and oh. it it was powerful. It it's contained, you know, my as we have discussed, my worst nightmare of yes. me being adult. Uh, there are spoilers here, so skip to the next chapter marker if you don't want to. It contains my worst nightmare of being a doofus and accidentally killing my children. But not my wife, so she can survive to resent me for it. Uh, that was pretty, like, the worst fucking thing ever. And then uh, and then it also contains my future fear of trying to parent a teenager, which uh -huh. is, like... And an amazing performance. Amazing performance. He was nominated for Academy Award for the best uh, new actor in a major was motion he? picture. Yeah, he, yes. he, he did a great job. And I recognize him from other things. I don't can't recall exactly what. But, yeah, um, remember his name before we're done here, but you'll post it, I'm sure. And, but it was, and so, like, it was an amazing job by Casey Affleck, but on the other hand, like, and that's, sure, that's amazing acting, but, like, there was only ever one emotion. He didn't, he didn't cycle through emotions. He was just, like, bummed the whole time. Sad. Because life is, life is shit. And depressed. why would depressed. why would life be anything and, other than shit? And, and so, I, I, as one would I, be living that living that life in that story. But but what what? So it, since this is in fact your worst nightmare, and, and mine as well, and uh -huh. some other emotional connection to some of these issues. But yeah, what what he the reason that that was the case was because it's it's, it's not only it's logical and predictable. But that's how you feel and act when you think maybe you should just kill yourself. Yes. Because, simple, simple, you're just in too much pain. Yep. 
And and that's why and I mentioned this last episode is the kind of the characteristic of the performance which garnered him an Academy Award was how he underplayed and uh, and and acted real in a way, in a way that, wasn't... that was that was forceful without a lot of narrative or, or, or language. And he managed to make us feel like he was the the, the unhappiest, unluckiest man alive. Mm-hmm. And being astounded by how he made it day to day and the painful engagement between in the movie when was a, an emotional pinnacle for me was when he ran into his former wife, just perfectly played by Michelle Williams mm-hmm. and her new child having lost all of, of theirs. Mm-hmm. And that exchange between the two of them and a chance meeting in a, it looked like an outdoor mall with no, it was just a quiet just on the street somewhere. Yeah. In the park. Yeah. It looked like a, some bushes around maybe, but was a remarkable of how two actors with a minimal amount of, of, of language can completely define the, the, the movie, the experience of the movie, the cinematic, cinematic experience, the emotional, the, the, All right, you're, the emotional guts of it. Just like that. You're persuading me. In a scene that lasted a minute and a half. Yeah. It's just astounding to me. Yeah. Um, so Casey Affleck, I, I, and I mentioned it because I had looked at Goodwill Hunting, seen right. that again. And was talking about Casey Affleck, where he underplayed the role of Ben Affleck's younger brother in the uh, right. terrible remembering yeah, yeah, yeah. Of people's but, names in the movies. But and the yeah, okay, I I get I I I take your point that so much was communicated non-verbally, which is a big part of acting. Well, to, to, if I might, just before you go too far, you might. Non-verbal is rather rather broad. I think what you mean is emotionally. Am I right? I mean, he wasn't pantomiming, but yes. He what? He what? He wasn't like acting like a mime, you know, stuck in a box like in COVID. Yes. I mean, visually, emotionally, like his emotions were on his shoulder, so to speak. Which And the emotions that were portrayed in the movie were not as much acting, were they, as actually what he was emoting? As he as he became that character, do you agree with that? Which is why it was so powerful, because he channeled those. It wasn't acting; channeled... it was emoting. I mean, yes, the I guess. It's what defined great acting, I suppose. But yeah, in my in my thinking back, like there were there weren't as an I am not remotely an expert in acting or drama or anything, but like there wasn't a whole you know cornucopia rainbow of of emotions displayed by this character. It was all on the one dark dark subdued end of my life is shit life is uh-huh. shit i don't uh-huh. want to live there was never any happiness displayed well was... and 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 in by stating that as an obvious appropriate true fact of the movie did you think then in your judgment that that detracted from the movie or was that in fact i mean how no 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 that, that was like that was... i'm not saying that they should have put in a scene where he was all giggly and having fun. I mean, and there was there was a brief moment. There there was a scene where, before everything went to shit, where he came home from work and he was all stinky and his wife was sick and he sort of climbed on top of her and they were just sort of having a sort of romantic lovey-dovey scene. Like that that was by far the happiest moment of the. And that was a a, a flashback at that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. The movie was was was. The movie jump. was sent was set after the yeah. fan was shitty. Yes. 
But well, and, and so that scene, take that scene for a second, mm-hmm. and the way that it played out, there wasn't a lot of dialogue there. There was there was the sense of the camera catching a a real moment, somewhat typical moment in the life of two people who are just kind of enjoying each other, just kind of fucking around, and it's just another day. It's not particularly deep. It's not particularly there's not a lot of dialogue. There's not a lot of explanation. There's certainly no narrative. And that was the quality of the movie that 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 had me mesmerized, was that the world that the director put you into was just so real mm-hmm. and so observable and and so remarkable because it wasn't remarkable. It was the capturing of moment after moment after moment. And each of what was captured was, to me, the the perfect window in, into this this uh, uh, very somber, difficult place life. where yeah. you go when you see this movie. But then the connection with the teenager and the boat and the water and what the potential future was, I was so uplifted and left the movie with just such a holy fuck. You know, I didn't have an idea that Casey's character would be much happier, but I thought that maybe that character would not think every day about fucking offing himself yeah. because now he had a, a person in his life where that would that would be that would mean something, you know. And and so you understand the depths of despair and grief, and, and remarkable blame and guilt, uh-huh. and frankly, logically and appropriately so, that he was in fact damned. He was damned. Uh-huh. And his choice of, of every day was whether he continued to live that damned existence or took a chance at what if the next existence may be, which for some would be a worse situation of being damned, burning in hell and all these other thoughts where if you're up in Manchester and you're Catholic you are, yeah. and you're Irish and, and Scottish, what uh, it means to actually kill yourself and and, and knowing it's it's. It's one of those movies, as you said, while well, you had heard that it's depressing. And I had suggested— It wasn't the movie that, that I thought it was, though. I, I mean, literally or— No, no, no. The, the, the one that I heard that is super depressing is another movie set in Ireland. With Casey Affleck? No. No, I was confusing it with another movie. But do you know who he beat to win that Oscar? I looked this up. He beat the young actor who we're talking about in this movie. No. I mean, for, for best actor. Oh, oh, no. So he beat Denzel Washington. Have you seen the movie Fences? That like was big in the Oscars. It like it's, actually uh, a story of it's based on know, a play. Aging couple, an aging couple living in the Brooklyn or the Bronx or yeah. And no, I've only I've only wanted to see it. I've not seen it. Okay, I I saw that on a on a plane sometime. And oh, it yeah. is it is fucking amazing. It's one of these movies where when you when you when you finish it, you realize. Oh yeah, that was a play that they turned into a movie because there was only uh-huh. like two scenes. There were only like two settings, two sets uh-huh, uh-huh. in the apartment. Yeah, like in in the backyard and then in the local bar or whatever. But Denzel Washington is fucking amazing in that movie. It's yeah, he so- he plays. It's all. It it's so unlike this Casey Affleck movie. It, it's all of Denzel's charisma, and swagger, uh-huh. and like uh-huh. he's he's a. He's an abusive, drunk father, but he still has all of his swagger with him, and all of that, all of that charisma. And Casey Affleck here has just zero charisma. He's just the biggest uh, downer. But I can see how people like you've you've convinced me that 
what Casey Affleck has done here is potentially as powerful as Denzel with all of his charm. Well, the the the, the best actor award, and particularly this best acting award, can't be in any way obviously removed from the quality and the value of the movie in the sure. and the, the entire movie in context. And Manchester by the Sea received numerous nominations, and I think That's more expenses. than one. Apart, well, yes, yes, but in terms of, of of walking away with the Oscar. The and I'll watch Fences. I'll see it and then I'll I'll be able to opine on on that. Casey Affleck's Age. The other movie that that you, we talked about this is the Jesse James movie and the the with Casey Affleck and Brad Pitt. You mentioned the Dirty Dog. What last episode? You'll have to you'll have to find this. Yeah, I I did Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward. Is the name of the yes. movie? And Casey Affleck played the coward. He would be really good as the coward. He's not the hero. He's, <laughs> he's not going to play the, Brad, the hero. Brad Pitt is Jesse James. Talk about underplayed character, where he goes through the entire movie. He doesn't say very much, but he is the single most riveting Jesse James that I've seen, and I've seen them all. Oh man, what a cast! I, all right, I guess I might do this homework for next week. Read it off. Who's the cast? Brad Pitt, Mary Louise Parker, Casey Affleck, Sam Rockwell. There is no Sam Rockwell movie I won't see. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Renner, oh, Paul God. Snyder. Just, it's looks it's looking good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, and you'll 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 like this it from 2007. It's, wow. it's because of movies like this that in my workshop, outside, I have a simple painting that was done by someone in in the 1950s. I have no idea anymore from where I got time. it. I might have got it in Chicago, in my my wife's aunt's estate. But it's a paint by number. Uh, picture of of a face shot of of a cowboy in a cowboy hat, and he's kind of looking off into the distance. And I see that painting every day. If if the if if someone were to say to me, as we've discussed before, so what age and where would you like to live or remember that you did live, which is another way to think about it, I would say the Wild West. Boy, count me out on that. No, thank you. It's fucking stinky and dangerous, and there's no running water. That's the way it is here, bro. Well, Water was cut off a month in, ago. In your house. Times are hard. I had a version of flushing toilets anyway. You got you to gotta get the soap up into your Brad Pitt. You, gotta, hey, you use a washcloth on your Brad Pitt or just a plain bar of soap? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, you know what I like to do? I like to use just a bar of soap and then if the grit's still on it, put it back in the holder so that when my wife uses it, she wonders why it's so gritty. That's funny. I use steel wool. Get up in there. <laughs> steel wool. Oh my God! Scrub that red shit. How's your ass, old red? Why steel wool? That's too much information. All right, I need you to find an image no. of what it's what an ass looks like with steel wool being used to to, to clean its, uh, its. Oh my God! No, that's so bad. What's the matter with you? What do you What do you come up with these ideas? You're the one conjuring the images. I'm not. You said it. You... Steel wool. You suggested. <laughs> Whatever. What do you mean? Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> I just I've, I've made, about, boy. made my point, and and now it's your time to say, oh yeah, you're right, or no, or argue the point, not just look at it like, Jay's closed. <laughs> it's a, it's the end of it's end of this part of the episode. That's it. Let's move on. Hey, you oh, want to do God. you want to do another Wood Dennis rather? While we're sure, while we're let's playing roll. Here. All right, it's time for Wood Dennis rather. All right. Would you rather? Well, 
Would you rather never shave again or never brush your teeth again? Well, I'd have to say, Eric, since I have never shaved again, that I'd rather do that than not grossly not brush my teeth. And I guess that 67% of other people agree with me. That is your that is your typical guess. The survey says 80% agree with you. But Good. Well, that was simple enough. Yeah. Teeth hygiene is very important. We here at happyhour.fm are very in favor of brushing your teeth every day. Yes, and flossing, using using a, a, a toothbrush. And you know why? And you know why you know that it was invented in Arkansas. You've told this joke before in episode number thirteen. I'm going to go with something about how many teeth they have. If uh, it was created it anywhere would be called else, we call it toothbrush. Now, if we, I have a friend in Arkansas. He's only got one tooth. So my hats off to him. We have a we have a local that lives here, some old dude that only has the one tooth, and he's the one tooth wonder. Indeed, he's not entirely not entirely toothless. Not entirely, entirely. That's so. Are you are you gonna just keep making up words? Entirely. Hey, I'm look. Whenever I talk to you, and we're doing this segment, I feel kind of inquirely. Like you're incongruous. All right. Next question. Da, 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 da. Would you rather own your own boat or own your own plane? This is like I'd rather own I'd rather own my own plane. Assume, and I assuming the maintenance uh, costs and what and stuff are uh, is all that what equal. it says in the question? No, assuming no, all this no. No, no, no. on its face value, eighty five percent of people surveyed agree with me. Seventy six, including myself. Yes. Because bad. why do you want a boat if you can fly? What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, well, some people love the water. That's why. Fuck, this is dark. Okay. Let's get into your Casey Affleck emotion space. Would you rather be run over by a car or run over someone else while driving? I'd rather dark. be run over by a car. I think so, too. And uh, I believe that 92% of the people agree. No. Turns out we have more empathy than most people. 46% agree with oh us. Oh, my God. God. Most people would rather that they run somebody someone. over mm-hmm. and kill them. It didn't say kill. It didn't say that it was going to kill you either. It just said run what over. What did it say? Be run over. Run over. over. Well. Yeah. Well, run over. Yeah. It didn't so. say bump. I mean, what considers being run over by a car? End of life. Pretty dangerous. Yeah. Or or at least totally fucked forever. Yeah. Well, actually, a. A classmate of my son one day was playing in the street. I don't know if I mentioned this here or not. Just sitting on the curb. And the car next to where he was sitting, somebody got in the car and started to to move. And totally ran over this child's leg. Like, thump, thump over the leg. Oh, God. Which is just, you know, that that's one of those things where, as the person responsible for looking after that child in the street, it feels like totally your fault but also it was totally an accident it wasn't the, the driver's fault because the driver clearly didn't see the child and he w- he w- missed school for six months and came back and could walk like he he would he, he according to my son he couldn't run very well for the first couple months yeah. he went back at school but yeah. but apparently total recovery yeah well I was, I was run over by a surgeon. motorcycle and was foolishly jaywalking when i was crossing between cars that were stopped for a red light, some turning right, some going straight. 
And as I stepped into the last four foot space before I got to the parked cars to get to the sidewalk, mm-hmm. a motorcycle who was trying to get ahead of the long line as to they turn do. right hit me and ran over my leg. There was a tire mark on my calf. He pulled and broke every bone in my ankle. And the only thing that didn't break, thank God, was my Achilles tendon. And when I woke up from being unconscious, I looked down and I was looking at the bottom of my foot. Oh, shit. That was attached to a, 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 a ball-like uh, knob, which was my ankle swelling. To which I said, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. To which my father That's said, thing watch your leg. I've told this story before. I'm I have sure. not heard that story. I've not heard I'm that sure story. I'm sure I have. And, and the motorcycle threw me underneath the wheels of a, a very large tractor trailer, kind of redundant description, and threw so me under, tiny tractor trailer. under the tires. And in fact, as I recall it, those tires would have run over and squished my fucking head except that when I was hit by the motorcycle, my mother screamed so loud from the car where I had gotten out of where they were parked on the other side of the street where I was allowed or even encouraged to jaywalk. Her scream alerted the driver of the semi-tractor diesel who put the vehicle in park and, in fact, did not go over my head. And the first thing they did was drag me out from under the wheels and begin throwing coats on me, which was the strangest thing because you think, oh, I saw a movie and and he's hurt, so we got to keep him warm. Well, it was July. Right. It was in the 80s. And they had a bunch and of coats. I woke up from being unconscious and, and being saved from the wheels and the death and looked at my upturned ankle and screamed, holy fuck, holy fuck, fuck. And my father, hey, watch your language. It was between eighth grade and going into high school. Jesus. So I, I entered the high school, the first day of high school, in a cast in crutches. And the cast went from my toes, which showed, all the way to my groin, which itched, almost like a Brad Pitt. And I had that long cast on for months. And then a walking cast for weeks. Jeez. And then I, too, had a limp and couldn't quite walk and couldn't quite run and eventually gained all of that back. So your story hits home. Hits home indeed. Fuck that's dark. Hits home indeed. Left leg or right leg? Left leg. So with your – wow. Yeah, motorcycles, especially here in Europe, you think of you know Vespas in Rome or something. They're just zipping all around and, and – going between cars left and right and it's just total chaos it's take a life in your own hands yeah all right let's do one so, more of these would you rather God, this is stupid God, all right well this is also also oops jesus edit that out all right so this is also kind of dumb you can imagine this like in a scenario of you know you're forced to pick this at gunpoint would you rather fight mike tyson or walk on a tightrope across the grand canyon these are so dumb well, i think one is much well, more likely to end I, in death i could survive one right Right. Exactly. And one would be quicker and one wouldn't kill me. So I'd have to go with Mike Tyson. Yeah, me too. Because that would take about 30 seconds and he wouldn't kill me. Right. Whereas the Grand Canyon you might, have, might take a minute, would kill me. You might have less of an ear, but, you know, we'll see. All right. What's the percentage? 92%. 60%. Who are these yeah. fucking knuckleheads? I don't know, man. All right. This, I'm calling bullshit on this on this app. We might cancel this segment going forward. Well, there's got to be something better that's close to Our it. listeners need to need to chime in. Hey, I heard from a, I heard from a listener, a, a friend of mine who I've known for a couple of years that I had no idea that he listened, and he said, hey, I, I discovered Happy Hour, and, and I like it. It's like, huh, sweet. Uh, what's that. wrong with him? Right, exactly. So, is he adult? Is he well, adult? Is that, does he meet the definition of every friend you've ever had, that he's adult? You poor, poor, 
poor man. He's not subtractled. But what? He's what? Subtractled? Addled? Subtractled? Anyway. So did you did you edit the episode where I ended on a song? The beginning words of which every you, see, you see in the back? You, you haven't got to the episode because you would have to explore the source of my closing tune. We I did. See in the back. Did you find it? Well, hold on. There was one where you're talking about a, uh, a teenage queen. Yes, that's it. Yes, I did. I did make and? it to there. What did you find? And it seems to be a song by... I'm looking this up because why would I remember? Uh, Brown Shoes Don't Make It. Is that true? That's true. By the incomparable. It seems to be by the Mothers of Invention. Yes. For example. You see in the back of the city hall mind the dream of a girl about 13. Off with her clothes and into a bed. And into a bed where you tickle his fancy all night long. This is really... Like, you know, pedophilia. His wife's attending an orchid show. This is very Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I wish you well. I've met her a couple of times, and I wish you well. Trump. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It, it's very like... She said once, she said, yeah, yeah I heard, I heard, uh, yeah, I know him, and I've, I've, I know, yeah, we've, we've double-dated a few times, and he tends to like the younger ones. That's what Trump was quoted as saying in well, an interview years the younger ones not unlike donald yeah well we um still don't know it sure is it sure is tempting to imagine you know i wouldn't i wouldn't uh, fate. i'm not in the in the the group of people that thinks that now it's, it's quite clear that trump will lose i sent you a link to an article that i thought was particularly inc- incisive on understanding that polls do not predict anything mm-hmm. but what they do is that they measure a current situation and in this case, the current situation is bad news for the campaign and the Trump campaign. Yes. But I don't I don't underestimate the potential of him winning the election because I think Putin likes a good fight. Did you see the, there was a New York Times, I guess, an op-ed, an op-ed uh, about how anyway, the author went and talked to the the journalists and the TV pundits which are two different categories in my opinion, where of the people that are experienced in covering election nights and like in what, when, how we cover election night and uh-huh. others that are experienced in actually looking at the numbers and looking at the, at the values and the data and stuff. And the people that are used to being on camera are very confident that yeah, election night is going to come and we're going to have a winner, et cetera, et cetera. And the people that are used to actually looking at the real data uh-huh. are fucking terrified that yeah. it's going to be a, total disaster we're not going to know before thanksgiving who won we're not going to know you know maybe in well into december maybe by the end of the year because it's just going to be such a fucking clusterfuck and the whole time donny boy is going to be tweeting about what a fucking sham all of this is and how what a rigged what a rigged it's, election it's totally created. rigged it's obviously that obviously he won why are we even counting this is bullshit etc cetera, etc cetera. and just what a fucking tornado of shit yeah, november is going to be Here's a, a potential, however remote, that could mitigate that, and that is that the turnout in person and the march toward to and to and at the voting places will be so incredibly 
overreaching that there will be no debate on the outcome, even though there may be a debate on the number, because the defeat will be so extraordinary that the numbers that you do know will be able to prove it. The Electoral College defeat will be so enormous that all of the stuff that you say about taking forever won't matter all that much, except for this, while it's going on and while there are court cases pushed by Trump that may legitimately, in some legal opinion, question the actual outcome of the election until January 20th, when constitutionally Trump needs to step down from the presidency, regardless of whether there's an election. It's a separate point in the Constitution. Until that point in time, January 20th, he cannot be possibly, he cannot be indicted. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why he will resign. Like, like, a, like a badger with his with his balls in a twist. His grapes. Just knotted up. He will resign. Mike Pence will be president for a brief period of time, and he will pardon Donald Trump. And that's why today hey, what a play. he brought in a new legal advisor. I think his name is you. I'm the legal advisor. Sweet. <laughs> it's about time. Who's Shit. that first? No. I've got some I mean, advice. I mean, it's you. Okay. Well, I hope he can catch the look picture throws. I think, I think I got the guy's name right. Well, it's I mean, all over the news today. I, I should Trump's be the advisor. advisor. <laughs> Shit. Eric Rasmussen, that's, oops, that's a name we better edit that. <laughs> no, people, people know my name. Yeah, we, uh, that's an interesting play. I was, I was workshopping this with my wife earlier, and I came to the conclusion that Biden would be such an empathetic pansy that he would pardon Trump from his no. jail time. No. In like, then, in, then, in then much then the same Biden. way that, yeah. what? Biden would be just put on a stake. Yeah, no. but like, do you remember how how much everyone everyone wanted, you know, George W. Bush to be charged with war crimes and stuff, sure. and Obama unlike took George office. George W. In, Bush, unlike and, George W. Bush, who predictably went into a very private life in Texas, maybe not so much unpredictable as you knew him as a painter. Yeah. Okay. Unlike like him, Donald Trump, if pardoned, will continue with his effort to create the Trump Party. Right. The strongest third party in American history at 30% of the voting public, to which he will charge $6.99 a month for a prescription to the Trump Party Network, which will net him $600 million a year for the rest of his life, not counting merchandise. So unlike the conditions and the kind of considerations that the President uh, Clinton had about George W. Obama. It would be, pardon? Obama followed W. Obama, I should say, with George W. And, and we wanted, like— the the liberal mob was was like he he needs to go to jail for war crimes him and Cheney and everybody and Obama came yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah. and and was like no nah, man we need to look to the future man not the past yeah, well, don't look at the past and well the, the 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 real the issue with the Bush administration was that that wasn't the only issue for which they had the world's awful judgment there were others of course of course and the movie Cheney that we've talked about they were doofuses yeah a remarkable examination of of that and uh, Christian Bale's channeling. Yes. of Dick Cheney, which is okay. one of the most remarkable physical acting transformations I have ever fucking seen. Yes, yes, yes. I have ever seen. And anyway, there's all that. Yeah, so w- that would be a that would be such a baller move to be like on on January 15th to be like I resign. Swear in my buddy. He's going to exonerate me of everything. 
see you later like what a what a just a, a twist of the rules and and in the in the world that we live in the atmosphere we live in these are certainly not simple times the unthinkable is thinkable the unimaginable has happened and those of us that got a brain in our skull who imagine the worst possible outcomes and the implications of this fucking maniac being present we never could have imagined this nor could we imagine admittedly how this will end i predict it will end with his suicide in the white house because i do believe he's fucking troubled but oh, i'm yeah. more likely to believe the scenario of the resignation and the pardon because he he will know that that is exactly what will happen and w one thing that i find really interesting that he's shown is just how much of what the rules around the presidency have yeah. been is just a, like a gentlemanly agreement to not be a dick. Just, uh, and yes, like just, so many people uh, have, have uh, had the respect for the office to to not be a dick using that power, right. and that Protocols. he came in there and was like, "Well, Protocols, doesn't doesn't say I can't." Common understandings, you know. Uh, show me show me where I can't have two pieces of cake while everyone else has one. So un, no statutory. <laughs> it's like the, the the president's taxes. Well, the only way that that it's legitimate, frankly, to think that that question can be answered through the legal system. It's because the, the, the question is about breaking IRS rules and or including, but not limited to, lying to the IRS, which, according to his fixer, Michael Cohen, he did. Mm -hmm. And during Michael Cohen's testimony to the Congress, he handed in documents and the screens of television showed the documents that showed how Trump overvalued properties, which at the time were not valued anywhere near what he had submitted. It's all factual information. And he used that high valuation to be the collateral for these huge loans from the bank in Germany, which has as its supporters, the oligarchs of Russia, who bought his estate mm -hmm. in Florida at a cost three to four times its values and then raised it. So he ended up basically with a multi-million dollar gift. These are known facts. If yep. we know them, and we suspect that there's others. What don't we know? Imagine what that office of the Southern District of New York, with their staff, or you, you can look up the number of staff that they have. We're talking about hundreds of people who work there. Mm -hmm. This is what they've been doing. And the other thing that they're really good at, they're good at waiting. They're good at compiling. They're good at documenting. And then they're good at waiting. And they know that no matter whether or not Barr gets rid of the head of them, which he did in a confusing Fucking, I'm resigned, no, I'm not, yes, I quit, no, I didn't, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. All those people who work there that took a pledge to uphold the law, they fucking mean it. Amen. They got a fucking bone in their fucking spine, and they mean it. And they're like fucking uh, meat on the bone to get at the shit that's there. And they are patient. And yeah, Trump man. will know this. Why do I know Trump will know this? Because I know it. If I know it, He's going to know it. He's going to be told this. And there's going to come that moment on January 18th when he says, Bill, make this work. I'm resigning. Mm -hmm. Pence is president. I need a pardon. Make it happen tonight. And Barr says, I will implement the plan. Ready to go. Ready to go. Immediately, sir. And it shortest will presidency ever. Be so if you no, not the shortest presidency ever. McKinley was murdered. But I'm saying Buffalo, Pence, New York. Pence would be two days under your scenario. 
I thought you meant Trump. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but, but look, hey, if you if you're president and you're running for re-election, and then the day before, well, he wouldn't. But say say the election happens and the results are unknown, and you quit, and you actually won the vote, you got to have a revote for your for, for the new VP, I would think. Right, because they people voted for uh, you. Well, you're, but but I don't think that scenario is legit. I mean, I'm, it's I'm, not I'm, like Trump is going to win the vote. I mean, why? But so where have I heard that you... before? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Well, no, I don't know. Different... No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm spitballing. Like 2016 were simpler times. Now argue the fucking point right there. Argue the point with me that 2016 was in fact a simpler time. Well, you and I were certainly more innocent. So innocent. What I mean, have you done? I've not done anything. What have you done? Wait, what have you done? This is an interesting insight. What? We were more innocent? So you I murdered a couple people in 2018. You know, whatever. It's, it's what did you do? water under, under the bridge. What did no. you do? What? I mean, look, what they had it coming. That you guilty of. He had I, I it mean, coming. I mean, innocent? He had it coming. So I, I glanced into the movie Chicago, the musical. And I've Not got in which that song was in. He had it coming. And I mentioned at the last episode, John C. Riley, who you weren't particularly interested in this, but he played one of the two cowboys on Prairie Hook. <laughs> I know, the big yawn. Are you talking about this again? But a remarkable actor and, in fact, singer mm-hmm. in his role in Chicago is absolutely eye-opening. Now, you've not seen that, have you? I've not. No, of course not. I've been to Chicago. Of course not. But I've not seen... It's a play, right? No, it's a city. Chicago's a city. It's in Illinois. It's a band, right? No, that's Boston. Whoa. What? What? Hey, I sent you oh, shit. a picture uh-huh. <laughs> of Johnny Depp. No, going didn't. into the courthouse. Did you get it? No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Here we go again. Do this all the fucking time. I sent you a picture of Johnny Depp via email. Not just you. I think I sent it to Jeff. How long ago? Maybe uh, within the past two weeks. Jesus. You can't be expected to remember all the shit you said. <laughs> well, I'm, it's not about remembering. It's you actually trying to state factually that I didn't instead of saying you might have. <laughs> What might have been the subject of the email? Alan Green. You could you could uh, use the word channeling. Anyway, it's it's neither here nor there if you if you find it, but I'm sure you'll get rid of this section here. But it's Johnny Depp in in his colorful clothing. That the message to you is Johnny Depp it, it channeling like Alan Green. Yeah. I love it. But anyway, I I thought he I channels lots sure. of lots of folks. So. Johnny Depp. He's got some strange fucking movies. You see him play the fucking not the Indian, not in not Tonto, but in a, a different movie, black and white, of him waking up in, as an Indian in the desert by the fire. Any just firing off any synapses in your slow but functional brain. Is this recent? No, no, this is long ago. Before? Well, pirates. What? I don't know. Oh yeah, long ago. I mean, Jesus. This was early. After, uh, after Brave, is my guess. Name no, was not, what? 
It's called The Brave. A down-on-his-luck American Indian recently released from jail is offered a chance to star as the victim in a snuff film. Fuck. Yeah. That's well, director Johnny Depp. Jesus. He directed it? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Well, it's a it's a it's a very intense characterization. I mean, it's 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 like a one man uh, show. It's quite remarkable. I don't know why we talk about that. Listen, I gotta go. I gotta go. I don't know what the I don't know what the where, ending of here is. Where who are we? Where are we? Huh? Could you could you just sing us a song about Trump or something? You know, I had one. What I would Wait do a for a for a tuppence. Wait a minute. If Wait I could just give it to Wait my bro pants. Where do I? What did I do with it? Is it? You had lyrics. Preparation. Oh, Wait a second. Wait a second. Hear that? Crinkling of paper. These are sound effects. Johnny Depp was in, it was, it was in Platoon? Holy shit. Well, I woke up that morning, then I turned down the news. Amen. Yeah, I woke up at seven, then I turned down the news. From that second till now, I've had the Donald Trump blues. Well, I wasn't scared because I thought he would lose. Ooh, no ooh, way ooh. to win, it was news. Who he screws. Now my country's sick because we got the Donald Trump blues. I got the lowdown feeling, gut wrenching reeling, the Donald John Trumpian blues. Yeah, he's a low life stealing, a squealing, double dealing, a small handed Trump of abuse. If we don't fire him first in 2020, we get to choose. Now there's only 14 verses. Well, we'll have to wait for next episode for the rest of it. Yes. With, with fucking bated breath. Tune in with next time, breath. children. Hello, Captain. Good evening, my Captain. My Hello, Captain. Captain, my Captain. By Walt Whitman. Okay, that does it for episode number 71. You can find the show notes with all the cool links to, like, the Black Jeopardy and things like that at happyhour.fm slash 071. You can help support the show at patreon.com slash happyhour. And hope you guys are keeping safe out there. It's a wild, wild world. We love you. We'll see you next week.